Welcome to the Lost Tapes of History podcast. You're about to eavesdrop on the first 10 minutes of a private conversation between a Tudor personality and, frankly, someone just trying to do their job. The date is July 1487. Simnel has just been captured after the Battle of Stoke Field, after pretending to be the Earl of Warwick and a claimant to the throne. King Henry VII has decided to spare his life, but he's been forced into manual labour as a punishment. You're the new boy, are you? Speak up, boy. Yes, sir. Yes, chef. Not yes, sir. How old are you, anyway? Ten, sir. Chef, sir, chef. What's your name? Edward Plantagenet, 17th Earl of Warwick. Except you're not, though, are you? Sorry, sir. Chef, I forgot. I'll ask you again. What's your name? Lambert Simnel. Who's your father, boy? George Plantagenet, Duke of Clarence. What did I just say? You said, who's your father, boy? Before that, I said, you're not the Earl of Warwick. You can stop pretending now. It's not a trap. I'm not going to shout Edward Plantagenet and see if you turn around. Oh, good. What was the question, sir, chef? Who's your father, boy? Lives in Oxford, sir, chef. Joiner and organ maker. Nothing to do with kitchens, then? Well, he can make you one, sir. Cabinets, that kind of thing, chef. I mean, he's never worked in one. Oh, no. You've got no experience, then, of working in a kitchen? No, sir, chef, nothing. You must have done something. I've been in Ireland, sir, chef. Doing what? Being the Earl of Warwick, mainly. And what does that involve? Not as much as you'd think, sir, chef. How did you manage to convince them you were the Earl of Warwick anyway? I'd never met the real Earl. Didn't know what he looked like. I could have been anyone. Are you telling me they didn't even ask for proof? The Earl of Lincoln. Warwick's own cousin supported me. I suppose that was proof enough. And why did he support you? He wanted an Irish-blooded descendant of Richard Plantagenet to take the throne from the Welshman, our Lord King Henry Tudor. And you're the best they could come up with? Suppose so, sir. Chef. I had to be taught stuff. Like what? Latin, French, theological masters. That's not terribly useful in a kitchen, boy, unless the recipes are written in Latin. Oh. And we don't have time to sit around discussing religious beliefs. You don't? If you're easily offended, you should know that a lot of swearing goes on in kitchens. There's a chap here called Gordon who's particularly angry. It doesn't offend me, sir. Chef. Good. What else did you learn? How to respond when questioned about ranks, how to carry myself, genealogical knowledge of my Yorkist relations, details that the real Warwick would know. I meant anything useful. I know how to act on different social occasions. You won't be having any social occasions. Oh, I was taught courtly manners, how to sit at table. I hate to bring you down to earth with a bump, but you won't be sitting at a table either. You'll be lucky to get a chair, you'll be on the floor. Oh. I suppose I'd better give you the tour and then we can work out what to do with you. (laughs) 
The kitchens at the palace are a central part of life. Over 200 cooks, sergeants, grooms and pages work here in order to produce over 800 meals a day. 800? That includes all 1,200 court staff, visitors staying at the palace, dignitaries invited for banquets and, of course, the entire royal family. Like me. Seriously, drop it. This is a controlled operation. That's what they said about the Battle of Stokefield, and look what happened there. A three-hour bloody massacre. Not for me. I was watching from a safe distance away. VIP tent, was it? Once the battle was lost, I was abandoned. Robert Bellingham told me he seized you, brought you back here to be interrogated. I was grilled by the king himself. He called me an innocent lad who was too young to have himself committed any offence. Well, the only grilling they'll go on here is of the cooking variety. I said that infamous persons of my own rank had coerced me and that my true parents were mean individuals with low occupations. So you were singing like a canary then? If you like. This is the tradesman's entrance, where all the raw produce is brought into the palace. Okay. All goods pass under the archway into the courtyard where they'll be unloaded and checked against the original order. I could do that. The team of accountants, known as the Clerks of the Green Cloth, keep all the record and monitor the costs. Oh. You'll be helping carry the goods from here into the kitchens or stores. And there is a lot of carrying to do? <laughs> Last year, we got through 8,000 sheep, 2,000 deer, 1,800 pigs, 1,200 oxen, 700 calves and 50 wild boar. What do you think? I think I'm going to get fat. You won't be eating any of it, boy. Oh. Food is part of your wages, but there's little choice in what you'll have. Every day, you'll get two meals of bread, ale, beef and veal or mutton. What if I don't eat meat? You'll starve. Fair enough. Be thankful. The price of meat has fallen over the last decade, so everyone can afford to eat it. You'd have been on stewed vegetables before that. Is it preserved meat? Most people eat preserved meat, but at court you're lucky enough to get fresh. Fresh? Great! Yes, we serve freshly slaughtered roasted meat every day. Like what? Usually we have a variety of options for the king to choose from. He likes game, lamb, venison and swan. Sometimes at the banquet, we'll even get a conger eel or porpoise in. Porpoise in? Porpoise in. Who's that man over there? That's the clerk of the kitchens. And what does he do? He's standing at the serving place, allocating dishes to the different diners according to their rank. The servers need to know where to take the plates. Isn't everyone sitting together? <laughs> this isn't Wagamama's. Whose mother's? <sighs> Meals are either served in the Great Hall or the Great Watching Chamber twice a day at ten in the morning and four in the afternoon. Everyone in together? No, of course not. High ranks sit in the Great Watching Chamber, lesser ranks in the Great Hall. So the King is in the Great Watching Chamber? No. The King eats in his private rooms. At formal banquets, he sits alone at the high table. With a high chair? He's not a baby. Although, he isn't above throwing his food around the room if he doesn't like it. The servers are rushing around like madmen. I'm surprised they don't drop things. Oh, they do. 
but the kitchens are away from the dining rooms because of the risk of fire. They collect the finished dishes from the kitchens and try not to drop them on the way. Looks tricky. We had a chap last week who dropped the jelly. It took him three hours to clean it up. Have you ever tried to get jelly off a ceiling? Can't say that I have, no. Talking of ceilings, why are there carved faces on the ceiling of the Great Hall? They're eavesdroppers. Eavesdroppers? They're here to remind everyone that they shouldn't gossip. The walls have ears, especially at court. What's this? It's a fork. What does a fork do? Looks like I could stab someone with it. Yes, give me that. Only the king is given a fork. He uses it to eat sweet preserves. We use them to serve, cook and carve. It looks like a weapon to me. Well, you'll be eating with your fingers like a normal person, so you won't get a chance to find out. Fair enough. This is the buttery. Gah, sorry, the cellars. It's where we store the beverages like ale. It used to be called the buttery, but we've moved everything down into what we're calling the cellar now. And who's he? He's in charge of the cellars. The butler. We haven't changed his name. So just ale is stored here. What about the wine? That's in the bottlery, as it's more expensive. We're renaming it the Privy Cellar. And these buildings here? The pantry and the larders. Here we store all the perishable food products. What's perishable? Stuff that's going to go off or go bad. That's everything, isn't it? No. There are some products that don't perish as quickly. They're in the storerooms. Oh my goodness, what's that incredible smell? Spices. This is the spicery. We import them from the continent. Adds flavour to the dishes. It's intoxicating. Stop breathing in. Now, this is the confectionery where the sweet dishes are prepared. It's cold down here. This is fish court. Don't tell me. Where are the fish stored? Actually, it's a clever fridge system. The courtyard is narrow, do you see? Why is that important? It runs north to south, which means the sun doesn't shine directly in and keeps the stones cool. What's that noise? This is the boiling house. First it's cold, then it's hot. That's cooking for you. Better get used to it. So what's a boiling house anyway? It's where we boil the meat. We have a great big boiling copper which contains about 75 gallons. Boiled meat? Yes, the boiling reduces the time needed on the spit for roasting or else it's put into a pie. The pie casts are brought over here for the pastry house, which is here. A house made of pastry? It's not made of pastry, although sometimes it's hard enough to use as a building material. We have four ovens here. The largest is over 12 feet in diameter. You seem to have a lot of ovens and fireplaces here. The ovens are for cooking and baking and the fireplaces are for smoking and roasting. We get through over a million logs every year. That's like seven new forests. Probably more than that. We have six fireplaces in the great kitchen alone for roasting the meat, which gives me an idea. So who's in charge here? The kitchen is under the control of three master cooks. One for the king, one for the queen and one for the rest of the court. Whoa, not you then. Don't even get me started on that. Do I have to work in the kitchens? Why, do you have something else in mind? I've always wanted to train hawks. Train them to hunt food for the kitchens? Yes, 
Pheasant, rabbit, hares, geese, things like that. I've got a better idea. You're going to be the spit boy. You want me to spit at people? No, you don't know what a spit boy is, do you? No. A spit boy is someone who turns the iron spit that roasts the large joints of meat in front of the fire. What for? The meat has to be continually rotated so it becomes tender and fully cooked all the way round. Look, see here? This is a dripping pan which catches the juices and this spoon bastes the meat when it's dry. You need a fierce, radiant heat for this. My eyebrows are crackling. You'll get used to it. See this alcove? This is where you'll stand. But it's as close to the fire as the meat is. I'll cook. Can I strip down to my... Uh, it's unhygienic. Can I do it at night when it's cooler? You'll get up at 4am to prepare the fires and you'll work for the next six hours. Except for breaks. No breaks. What if I need the toilet? Hold it in. You're forbidden from peeing on the fire as well. But, on the plus side... I get a great tan. During Lent, we don't eat meat, so you get a rest. I can barely wait. And you get extra rations of beer because you need to keep hydrated. Except that I can't drink a lot of it, otherwise I'll need to pee. You need to be careful with heat exhaustion. It's the third degree burns I'm worried about. This is like torture. In fact, can you just throw me in the tower instead? That seems like a better option. Don't dogs usually do this job? The dog's ill. What with? Pent paws and a hangover. Next time, it's Queen Elizabeth of York and the Equality Lawyer. Good luck with that. The Lost Tapes of History podcast is a Since 79 production. If you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to get more episodes. To fact check what you've heard on this person, visit our website, losttapesofhistory.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at Since79P and use the hashtag Lost Tapes of History. 